Hey everyone, this is Andrew Mearns. We recorded this podcast before the Clay Holmes trade in exchange for White Park and Diego Castillo, so that will not be mentioned on the show. It's not a huge trade in the grand scheme of things, so we will go on without it. Let's go. Trade deadline meltdown edition because the Yankees sure picked a great time to continue their losing ways in Boston and do so in a way that made us feel all warm and fuzzy and yearning for death inside. So I'm Andrew Mearns. There's Kunj. What's up? I'm, I'm, I'm here, I guess. Can we just talk about like the Padres instead? They're fun, at least. Oh, man. The Padres are great. Love Tatis. Love that they're just like, let's just get Adam Frazier, because why not? Who cares? Let's just keep adding pieces and being good. You know what? I'm okay with it. Well, you know what? In my small sample, I saw them lose to Braves 2-1 to the other day. Freddie Freeman at a home run late, and they lost, so they suck. They're just as bad as the Yankees. Clearly, yeah. Never mind (laughs) that I'm pretty sure they won all the other games in that series, but that's okay. That's not what my eyes saw. (laughs) They didn't pass the eye test. Yeah. I don't need your numbers to show me who who actually has a better record. I can tell I can tell you what I saw. <laughs> oh, you know what? They lost to the Marlins nine to three yesterday, so maybe they actually are bad. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Yankees—they're not as good as the have, Padres. They have not. They're they're not as good as the Padres. No, and uh, what they're doing can only be described as pooping their pants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Fortunately or unfortunately, they're not literally pooping their pants. It might actually be better if they were literally pooping their pants, but I mean, they're... I think there is a uh, 50-50 chance that this actually happened with Brooks Krisky the other day. <laughs> just that was one of the most uncomfortable innings I've ever watched. Just because it's just like, oh my god, he's throwing another wild pitch and another one. He was just melting down in person, and it's just like, whew. yeah. I mean, look, I'm not a big Aaron Boone guy. I'm not a big Aaron Boone defender, but at the same time, I'm not a huge critic of his either. I feel like the players on the team have just extremely underperformed. And as much as you want to, you can blame Aaron Boone for what, what is he doing to try and get them to play better or not? This team is too talented to perform the way they're doing. But at the same time, when your options are using Earl this Chapman for a third day in a row or Brooks Krisky in a one run game in Boston, don't use Brooks Krisky <laughs> for the one run save situation. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, and the galling thing was that, you know, after the game, he's like, oh, yeah, we started warming up Wilson and Chapman in an emergency situation. It's like, what was this? Were the first two wild pitches not constituting an emergency that this guy had no idea what the hell he was doing? (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm assuming they still have the three batter rule and extras, right? Like, so. Yeah, but even still, like, he was hanging out there. I feel like just even putting Brooks Krisky in there, like, no, if you have a one-run game in uh, Boston in the 10th inning, that's an emergency situation. Go to your better guys. I don't care if it's a third grade in a row. Yeah, actually, it was funny because he got lucky the day before. Krisky had pitched the extra inning win against the Phillies that uh, Ryan Lamar walked off. Krisky improbably threw a scoreless inning and got the win. So, you know, (laughs) that was the surprising part of the deal. But then the less surprising part of the deal came when he faced the Red Sox and 
through four wild pitches in an inning, which is a Yankees record and one that I hope I will never see again. Maybe Aaron Boone thought he turned the season around there. And in that moment, Brooks Krisky became a reliever. Yeah. <laughs> Today's the day Brooks Krisky becomes a major league pitcher. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> What a nightmare. Yeah, no. They went into Boston needing to win three or four at least. Well, wanting to. It'd be great to have won three or four. They needed to absolutely at least win two. They won one. Yeah, and it seemed like, you know, it briefly seemed like, okay, they had the devastating loss on Thursday where we should mention that Chad Green also blew the save, and that was another instance that Chad Green being very frustrating, even though he's had a good season. Yeah. And they lost with Garrett Cole, which is really disheartening to see against the Red Sox but you know they pull out a a dumb win on Saturday and it's like okay cool they rallied and they didn't seem like they would win that game but they scored four runs late and they won that game and then it was like okay well maybe they're gonna split the series and at that point you would have accepted the split like okay this is still not a great series but whatever they rallied from down 0-2 to end this thing with a split Domingo Herman was throwing a no-hitter they were up four nothing and everything was groovy until it wasn't. Jonathan Loisica, like he decided to join his uh, bullpen teammates and being extremely frustrating despite good statistics. Yeah, and it's like, we've been talking about how much the bullpen misses Loisica, and then he comes and it's like, oh, well, all right. It's just something going through the whole bullpen right now. That's why you can't even, like, fault Aaron Boone, because he's put his better relievers in chances to win this series. Like, the Yankees were 1-3 and three in this series. They really should have been 3-1. and one. And to do that, you have to use your Chad Green. You have to use John, Jonathan Loisega, who's been probably the best reliever in the Yankees bullpen this year. And they just need to pitch better. They just need to do better. Like, I'm sorry, those are not the games, the times to have your meltdowns. But such is life, I guess. Yeah, and as with you, I'm not really a huge boon guy either. But at the end of the day, you got to trust that Chad Green and Jonathan Loisega are going to be getting these outs. They get their outs and they execute, then the Yankees win those games. And, you know, you could say, oh, maybe they should have brought in this other reliever at this instance, but they've all been struggling so much lately. So it's not even a slam dunk that the job would get done. And I agree that Loisega looked pretty lost. I probably would have hooked him after the three batters and I had him bother with Kike Hernandez. But Lindsay Adler had a great article at The Athletic about this the other day. The Yankees season shouldn't be coming down to these managerial gut calls. You know, they're too talented for that. If they had a better manager than Aaron Boone, they might be able to squeak out a couple of these wins to avoid the gut punch losses. But that's not the difference of the season being like Yankees in division contention and not, you know? No, yeah. And, but it does suck, though, because like you do have faith in these guys. And like if they win even what three of the five gut wrenching losses that they had, they're still in better position than they are right now. Yeah. Like it's just unfortunate. Like, you had the two bad Chad Green losses against the Astros. Now he's had a bad game against the Red Sox. Loisiga against the Red Sox. Like these are coming at the worst possible times. Yeah, one of our followers on Twitter, Thomas Luciano, seventeen, had tweeted a notes document that he had done with appropriately his battery dying a lot of the Yankees quote impossibly soul crushing losses, and he tallied nine. And I'm looking at them, and it's like, yeah, yep, that's about right. Would you like me to recount the list for you? Oh, sure. Why not? Yeah, you know. So May 28th, the Justin Wilson walk-off home run by Robbie Grossman in Detroit. That presaged a sweep. Good, oh, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. June 10th, which is when Chapman blew the 5-3 lead in Minnesota with four straight hits and two two-run homers. I believe Nelson Cruz right. won that game. 
Yep. Then June 12th, they lost 8-7 against the Phillies. They rallied from down 7-3 in the 8th, including a two-out game-tying three-out homer. But then they didn't score an extra innings with the ghost run, and they lost that game. So that's good. June 22nd, they were up 5-1 to one against the Royals. Then Jonathan Lewiska had another bad game. He gave four runs, and the Royals won 6-5. Then June 30th was the uh, Yankees-Angels game with all the rain and Chapman with the game-tying grand slam. So, oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then July 4th against the Mets, they put Chapman in with the Mets up one and the Mets scored to win 10 to five. So it's great. Then July 11th against the Astros, the very fun ninth inning that entered the All-Star break with Chad Green completely melting down and giving up the walk-off to Altuve. We got July 22nd with the brooks Krisky game, four wild pitches, and also the Chad Green blown save. And then Sunday. So yeah, good stuff. Wasn't there, I don't know if you, did you mention the other game earlier in the season that Chad Green like blew against the Astros? Was that on that list or that didn't even make the cut? <laughs> I don't think that made the cut this time actually, but yeah, you could argue that there are 10. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Imagine winning just like half of those. Yeah. I mean, they'd be halfway closer to the division. I mean, right now they're still technically in wild card contention, but like if the best thing that you could say about the 2021 Yankees is that they're in contention to be on the road in the wild card game, then against either the Rays or Red Sox. So they've had such success playing in Fenway in the trop, right? So, oh, of course. (laughs) I don't see the problem here. No, I forgot who tweeted this. Uh, this was like maybe a couple of days ago, so even before this weekend series, but or something like that. But don't the Yankees like lead the league by a significant amount in like losses when entering the ninth with a four plus run lead or something like that? Yeah, I think they've lost three of those games, and it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, guys, what are you doing here? Yeah, but you were right. May 6th, Chad Green gave up a three run home run to Jose Altuve in the eighth that gave the Astros a 5 3 lead. and Yankees were winning that game until they weren't. So, yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> so, to sum up, the Yankees pooped their pants. But it's okay. As Aaron Boone said, they're going to respond to this adversity as they have done all season. Yeah. So, clearly, ready we, for more pants pooping? We've seen them respond to this adversity, right? <laughs> With uh, more losses. I think he's just basically saying, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on here. So, we're just going to keep doing this. Yeah, I mean, I don't really expect the manager to say something all that different. It's more just annoying to see the same thing over and over again and to act like oh yeah we came up we came adversity sure hey if you somehow come back and win this is division i will i will grant you that you came back from adversity the pinstrip alley twitter account after that uh had tweeted aaron boone watched rocky four and thought apollo creed dealt with adversity well <laughs> so yeah <laughs> oh boy so the padres huh yeah we we love you know tacos and the gas lamp district, right? Don't we, folks? Yes. Got, got, gotta love it. Gotta love it. More but, than the Yankees. Hey, anyway. at least, at least, uh, you know, they, they got some reinforcements and yeah. are looking to get some more reinforcements with, I think, Aaron Judge and Kyle Higashioka lining up. To, they're traveling with the team, I think, to Tropicana. Yeah. So they should be hopefully activated for the series against the Rays and, you know, Nothing like a crushing series loss at Fenway. Nothing to lift your spirits than going to the trap, I guess, right after that. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, what could be better? Hey. The trap the is where everything be, good happens. <laughs> the only way this could be even better is, for the Yankees is if the Rays had just, like, I don't know, traded for Nelson Cruz. Oh, uh-oh. I'm checking the news, uh, and I have bad news. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did they trade for Nelson Cruz? 
They did trade for Nelson Cruz, and Nelson Cruz is still very good, even though he's 41, which is wild. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I wonder what's, uh, what number is higher at the end of the year, his home runs or his age? Right now, his age, but, you know, hang tight, because he hit 41 home runs in 2019. So I, I think it'd be hard to get there at this point, but we've seen crazier things than players hitting 20 home runs in two months. So Yes, but have you factored in weird, annoying Rays magic? Mm. Yeah, and what does the annoying Rays magic do when the guy is already good? I don't know. I'm scared to find out. Yeah, man. Nelson Cruz is a guy. I, there's no reason the Yankees would have traded for him, obviously, because they've they've Stan at DH, and apparently he's stuck at DH forever. But Nelson Cruz is a guy that'd just be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, and no, 100. percent And like, I don't know where he would have fit if the Yankees just refused to play Stanton in the outfield now, which I just I don't really understand. But whatever. It would have been nice, like because. I've always wanted that, like, all right, at least we have the DH who's going to come and just actually be good and all that. And that's not to say Stanton's having a bad year. He's just not having a Stanton year, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The year's been fine, but you hope for a little bit more from Stan than a 124 OPS plus. And maybe we're a little spoiled by that just because of what we've seen from him in flashes. And this honestly isn't that far off from what he did in 2018 when he had 38 home runs and his OPS plus was 130. But it's... I mean, he's not playing as much as he did then, too. That's part of it. In 2018, he was also playing the field, too. So that, yeah. like, helped. Bingo. <laughs> that was another thing about this weekend, though. So weird. So, like, obviously, they're going to go play in Miami uh, in the next, like, week or two. I don't, I don't remember exactly what that series is. Is it right after the race? Yeah. And supposedly yeah. Stan might play the outfield then, but we'll see. Yeah, so they were like, they were, like we're going to play Stan in the, in the outfield in Fenway just to prep him for that series. But then... Chris Gittens got hurt, so now they're not playing fit in the outfield. <laughs> what the hell is that? It's a weird jump, and I, I guess you can make the case that because you didn't have Gittens there to DH, then your options are basically DHing like Gary Sanchez and then using Rob Brantley in the lineup, and maybe you don't want to bother with that or putting Tyler Wade in the lineup. But I don't know. I feel like if it's that important, that you think Stanton needs some time in the outfield before you throw him in the outfield of Miami, which I don't know if you even need to give him a Fenway breather before you do that, but just do it. It's it's fine. The Yankees right. lineup is kind of annoying right now anyway. They will deal with having a Tyler Wade. Yeah, I mean, like not for nothing, this lineup will find a way to have Tyler Wade in there, regardless of whether or not Stanton's not de-aging. It's like uh, life finds a way, Tyler Wade finds a way. <laughs> not quite the he does something every game thing. That you hear is the baseball He's there. Tyler Wade is there. <laughs> he exists for he every is game. Inevitable. <laughs> Thanos Wade. What would Thanos look like if he only had the power of Tyler Wade? <laughs> well, he wouldn't look like he has a ball sack on his chin. He'd look <laughs> handsome, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He'd look and like Jacoby Ellsbury, I guess. Much, that's pretty much it. Oh God. Well, we'll say the one thing. It's nice to have Gio Urshela back. You know, they only had him for the one game but hey he got a big double in that one game and it's like oh yeah geo i missed you you're good definitely no he, he's we talked about it he's just consistently there consistently shows up consistently delivers he's probably one of the most consistent bats in the lineup like he doesn't exactly. really go through streakiness as much as like judge or stanton or uh, or or anybody else in the lineup labor obviously has has had very much ups and downs this season uh geo's just there outside of i think maybe one bad week yeah Pretty much. He's just been I think very was, steady. I think, I think there was one bad week where he was your Mitre of the week. And besides that, which – and he deserved it too that week because it was bad. But after that, he bounced right back, and he's just been a steady force in the lineup. It's just nice to see, nice to have. Yeah. Bingo. 
And it does seem like it's conceivable that we might get Luke Voigt coming back in August. It's possible that Severino and Kluber could come back sometime in August as well. But that's going to be their trade deadline acquisition. I mean, at this point, we're not even at the point where it's like, I feel 100% that, like, yeah, just they should just buy and go all in with this team because it's such a long shot. But I mean, so I'm going to counter that and say, they should just buy and go all in because please just at least make this team watchable for the rest of the season. <laughs> I have things to do. <laughs> like, God, like I tune in and I'm just like, I don't want to see freaking Brooks Christie in the lineup. Oh, not the lineup. Sorry. Coming out of the pen. I, I don't want to. And like, I know it's not as easy as just like, okay, these guys are available. So the Yankees should just go get them. Like, obviously the other team has to agree to what the Yankees are offering. The Yankees have to have stuff that, beats other teams offers for these good players but man wouldn't it be nice if they got some pitching help because that's like i mean obviously you know before we were talking about like you know how they absolutely need another bat and all that and i still while i still think they do need like a center fielder or, or left fielder or some sort of outfielder i think the more pressing needs of this team or at least just pitching at least if they could get some sort of relief bullpen help and like a starter i'm not even saying like oh necessarily they need to go get max scherzer but hey Go get Max Scherzer if you want. That's fine too, Yankees. Yeah, Max Scherzer <laughs> is like my exception to the, you know, me being whatever about buying, but just because Max Scherzer would, would be fun to watch on this team for two months, and that's really all I'm looking for. But I don't know if that's actually going to happen. The only thing about Max Scherzer would be like if he does what he does, which is come in and pitch well, and then like somebody just blows the game because of the, the Yankees' bad defense or base running or the bullpen or whatever. I would be afraid for the health and life of whoever is responsible for ruining a Mad Max game. Well, I mean, he's played for some really frustrating Nationals teams, so I think he's kind of used to that. That's fair. <laughs> That's my counter. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the trade deadline's coming up this Friday. I highly doubt the Yankees do anything significant. I mean, they like you said, they, they haven't really shown that they're deserving of adding another uh piece whether it be a, a bat or a pitcher or whatever from any standpoint but hey if they wanted to go all in and just try still this year I would support it just because like I said they'd at least make this this season much more fun to watch I very rarely ever care about the future Yankees I just care about what I'm watching in the moment which is probably not the best way to do it from a baseball business standpoint but I don't care I don't run the business I don't run the Yankees <laughs> I have my limits in that regard just because of what I see as the ceiling for this team. Whereas like, I don't know if I want to lose a Volpe or a Peraza or definitely not a Dominguez for anything to help this team at the cost of that. But oh, well, no, so, so, so my, my, my thing is like, if they're going to go and add pieces, they like, they have to go all in. Like, don't just lose like one of those guys for like one thing. Like if you're going to do it and where you can actually go get like, bullpen help a pitcher and like a bat to add into the lineup and actually try then okay fine but if you're just going to do one thing to kind of half-ass and say yeah we did it then i don't really care either because that's still not changing anything like yeah. either either stay course and just deal with what you have which i won't like but fine or go completely all in and actually try and make a run yeah and if like they want to trade some whatever prospect for a couple months of trevor story because i don't know what story is fetching for half a year at this point probably not yeah. something in the territory of, oh, I'm going to miss that guy. Then, you know, sure. 
but no, yeah. if, and if they could get if they could go ahead and get somebody who can actually help for this, like not just this year, but like next year and even beyond, then yeah, sure, you can part with some of those bigger name prospects, especially like you know somebody like a Volpe who we talked about, who I talked about last week in uh, Meet a Baby Bomber, but you know he's really making his way up prospect rankings. So if he could use them as a trade chip, then hey, why not? <laughs> yeah, but and again, it, if for those pieces to go, it has to make sense not just for this year. It has to be like some sort of something that can help at least next year as well, if not longer. But whether that's you know you do you trade for a rental, and but also with the caveat that they have to agree to extension or something like that, then it's fine. Yeah, and like Joey Gallo interests me for part of that reason because you get him for 2022 as well. Simultaneously fear what Yankees fans would think of Joey Gallo just because he very much fits the Aaron Judge mold of strikes out a lot but is still a very, very good player. He's actually hitting a little bit better than Aaron Judge this season. But (laughs) it'd, it'd be fun to watch the Monster Dingers. Look, the way I look at it is if Yankees fans had their ways, Austin Romine and Ronald Torres would be everyday players right now. They have heart. For this team. They have heart. Grit. (laughs) Yeah. Smudge. Don't forget the smudge. So there's something to be said about like, all right, whatever. Let them talk about whatever the hell they want. Obviously, get the better baseball players who like the numbers here are actually good, not just like the eye test and grit and smudge factor or whatever. But yeah. So I should say that Josh put out a very well-reasoned article today talking about how the Yankees could do a strategic retooling sale where it's not like an outright fire sale, like they're not going to trade Aaron Judge or anything like that. But you could try to see, shop around Chad Green, see if anyone wants to bite a, a decent reliever for a year and a half. You could do that with Luis Sessa as well, just because he's posted better numbers and someone might take a flyer on that. And it's easier to find bullpen additions just naturally than anywhere else. So that could be an idea. And it's also not the worst idea in the world to think about seeing what people would want for Gary Sanchez too, just because you don't know if you're going to get any better trade value at this point for Gary Sanchez, because he's the kind of guy who could very easily like, you know, go into a slump and lose a lot of that value in a hurry. And I don't know if his value is going to get higher between now and the end of 2022. The risk there, of course, is that there's not really much catching to replace him, but I think it's worth at least thinking about. Yeah, no, it's, it definitely makes sense as much as like, especially because as you know, you and I are, we've talked about how much we love Gary Sanchez. It'd be hard to oh, yeah. see them go sell him, uh, use him as like the big piece to get a good return. It does make sense because at the end of the day, I still don't know how the Yankees feel about Gary Sanchez and about bringing him back. So there's a chance he's gone anyway. Yeah. And there's certainly a chance that next year just turns into a reprisal of 2020 or one of his other so-so mediocre seasons before and you don't even get like a free agent compensation pick for him and i mean it's possible that you know cashman bring him back regardless just because catching is so thin across the major league level right now but maybe i don't know that might be a thing where it's a 2016 sort of thing where amusingly enough they're ending the deadline in tampa bay like they did before they sold off at the end of the trunk at the 2016 deadline if they have another nightmare series then i think you have to really consider it yeah no absolutely I'm curious to see who needs or wants. Like, uh, like obviously, every team could use another bullpen arm. And obviously, as frustrating as random moments from Chad Green have been, like you said, he's still a very good reliever and has been one of the best relievers in baseball for ever since, you know, he's become a regular in the Yankees' bullpen. So I know teams will see value for him. But, like, I'm curious to see who, who would want a Gary Sanchez, what that return would be. But, yeah. Good hitting from catchers is hard to find right now. And... Right. You could do a lot worse than Gary. 
So absolutely. And he's shown to be somebody, obviously the talent is there. I think, you know, when he goes into his slumps and he looks really bad, what he really just needs is somebody who can work with them well enough to get him out of it. So whether for whatever reason, that's just something that wasn't happening with the Yankees in his bad years or whatever the case may be. Cause like when he's bad, he looks lost. He looks really yeah. bad and awful. And like, it's hard to defend him. Like you could say like, Oh no, but the talent there, we saw what he did in 2016. We saw what he did in 2018, uh, so on and so forth. But like we saw at the beginning of this year, it's just like, okay, like we even talked about, like it's getting hard to defend Gary Sanchez. And then all of a sudden he turned it around and now it's like, okay, yeah, he's good again. <laughs> But we don't know what we're going to get year to year, year in, year out, even month to month sometimes it feels like. But hey, August is coming up and August Gary is always the, the best Gary. So it, it would true. be hard. It would be annoying to see him do that for another team. But yeah, and it could very well be something <laughs> where he may need a change of scenery at this point to like sort of play out of the spotlight for a little while get things worked out and then just go on a monster run again. That would be kind of annoying to see from afar. I agree. But who knows? It will happen in New York again. It might. And honestly, I think the most likely scenario is the Yankees just stand pat at the deadline because they're kind of halfway in between. But it's like, it's a weird situation. I feel like they'll do something, but nothing of significance. Like they'll go make another small like Mike Talkman for Wandy Peralta type <laughs> trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we found the guy who will save our season. It is this guy. Yeah. It's going to be something random. It's like, all right, sure, why not? Yeah, the Andrew Haney trade attack position that saved the season. <laughs> Maybe they'll bring uh, Chase Hudley back. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, well, on that cheer note, <laughs> we'll take an ad break and we'll be right back. All right, we're back and we're going to go on. Unless you want to talk about something else, we'll go do Meet a Baby Bomber. I definitely do not want to talk about the Yankees anymore. <laughs> nope, we're out. So let's talk about some uh, farm system dudes. They're the more fun Yankees, mainly in that they're not really Yankees at this point because they are not playing for affiliates with Yankees in their names unless they're in the rookie ball. So let's go ahead. Who are we meeting for you this week? So my meet of baby bomber for this week is probably appropriate considering the last thing we talked about was potentially uh, retooling and using Gary Sanchez as a trade chip. So this week we're going to meet Donnie Sands. You know, I almost, I almost had us meet Donnie Sands and I I changed my mind and I'm glad I did. (laughs) Good thing you did. (laughs) Would have been awkward. Uh, We're also going to meet Donnie Sands. (laughs) No, so Sands was drafted in the eighth round of the 2015 draft out of uh, Sail Point uh, High School in Tucson, Arizona. He was drafted as a third baseman, but the Yankees have kind of spent the last few seasons converting him to catcher. He struggled in the minors in his first few seasons with the, the organization. But he made a mechanical adjustment that led to a second half surge in 2019. And this year, you know, he started the year with double A Somerset and was just recently promoted to triple A now. So if Gary does indeed get traded this week, which I don't think is happening, but if he does, maybe we'll see some Donnie Sains in the Yankees future, in the major league future, I mean. But for this year, he's hitting 262, 324, 495 with 13 homers. And that's across both double A and triple A. He's only been with Scranton for uh, five games so far, but. In those five games, he's hitting 350, 391, 850 with three home runs. Now, this is like pretty much a breakout season for Sands. He was Rule 5 eligible last year, but didn't really draw much interest. And I know, uh, I think Dan Kelly just wrote uh, an article for Pinstripe Alley about pieces and that the Yankees could use as trade chips in the organization that are, they're going to have to make decisions about the Rule 5 draft this year. And Donnie Sands is one of them because... Yeah, even though he was eligible last year, he didn't really draw much interest because outside of a second half surge in 2019, there wasn't really much to write home about. But now he's hitting well in the upper levels of the minors. You know, he obviously hit well enough in double A to get promoted to triple A. 
And, you know, in the small five-game sample size, he's doing really well. I think now the Yankees are going to have to make a decision about him, whether that's you you trade him at the deadline to help improve the major league roster right now or in the future, or you, you find a way to add him to the 40 this uh, offseason unless you want to risk exposing him again, which I don't, I don't think they're going to want to do. Yeah, and right now the problem is that they don't really have much of a third-string catcher option as Rob Brantley is very clearly making evidence because he's just like, I mean, oh yeah, Rob Brownlee is your generic older AAA catcher guy who's just hanging around. And honestly, he wouldn't even be in the majors right now. Hey, Gashioka hadn't gone on the COVID IL, but that's a, that was one of the problems that they experienced when they saw Robinson Torino leave the organization because the Cubs actually had a major league opening and right. understand that totally. But Rob Brantley is not good. And Donnie Sands is a guy whose defense is still very choppy. So that's something to be concerned about as well. Obviously, he's still relatively new to catching, so you hope that he can work it out. But it does feel conceivable that he could be added as a third string option on the 40 man in the offseason just because he's shown enough steps forward this year that maybe he could be a Kyle Higashioka long term option, if that makes sense. Yeah, I so, think so. Also, the other thing is that he's not really esteemed as a prospect in any regard. And obviously, that's not always the definitive marker for Major League success. But it does mean that while I think it would make sense to add him to the 40 at the end of the season, I do not think he's a long-term answer to the Yankees' catching solution. But, you know, if they did trade Gary, yeah, sure, why not? Might as well test some waters out there if you're not trying Higashioka out long-term, which is probably not something they want to do anyway, so... Yeah, and also he has the name of a typical like action movie star, and he would 100% be played by Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I think I'd buy that. As, as the Pinstripe Alley comments suggested when he was drafted back in 2015. Of course, yeah, action movie star, <laughs> and, Donnie Sands. And our own uh, Matt Ferencic, uh nicknamed him Ronald Casino. Of course. So, yes, there we go. That's Donnie Sands, everybody, a.k.a. Yeah. Ronald Casino. <laughs> Maybe we will see him at some point, but... Maybe or not. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm going to meet a guy who is teammates with Donnie Sands until just a week ago, which is uh, Dermis Garcia, who is down in Double A Somerset. Do you know much about Dermis Garcia? I know his name is Dermis Garcia. Yes. Well, the name might ring a bell. <laughs> He's from the Dominican Republic. He's born in Santo Domingo, and the Yankees signed him for $3 million as part of their 2014 international free agent class, the really big one where they really went all in. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember then they, they just kind of went wild in that one. Yeah, they did. And he was considered the number one international prospect that year, actually, by MLB Pipeline throughout not just the Yankees signings, but in all the international free agents. One trainer said, Dermis has the power of a man, which is really funny read <laughs> about a teenager. But yeah, he was graded with 60 grade power on the 20 to 80 scale at age 17, which just doesn't happen. And he's shown a lot of power potential throughout his time in the minors. But like many in that 2014 international free agent class for the Yankees, it's been a bumpy road. He was vaunted enough to skip the Dominican Summer League outright, which is pretty rare, but he struggled in rookie ball in 2015. He did well with uh, Pulaski, the rookie advanced level, with 22 homers and 90 games from 2016 to 17, had a high OPS. He was promoted to low A Charleston midway through that season and hung around there and then made his way up to high A Tampa in 2019 before the, um, you know, the little pandemic happened and uh, he couldn't really do much in 2020. But the Yankees were encouraged enough with where, what he'd been doing to start him off in double A Somerset this year. And it has been quite a year 
in so many different regards for him because if I told you he had 17 home runs, you'd be like, oh, right? Wow. Yeah. But the problem is that he only has 21 non-home runs <laughs> in terms of hits. So oh. he, he's hitting 173, 265, 432. With an, is that good? With an 82 WRC plus, so not really, and a 44.6% strikeout percentage. God. He gets walks, but man, that is that is some swing and miss. What's his slugging percentage? 432. Oh, all right, that's solid. Yeah, it's 432. <laughs> but the problem is that like that yeah. strikeout percentage is really bad. This is like if um, remember how when Aaron Judge first got called up in 2016, he was getting some home runs, but he was also striking out a ton too, like way yeah. more than he ever did afterward. Right. Yeah, that's about the same as Dervis Garcia's strikeout rate right now. And like, yeah, and that's in double A. <laughs> yeah, and that's in double A. And Chris Gittens, who we talked about too, was another like big power swing and miss guy. He had it in double A too, but for comparison's sake, his strikeout rate in double A was 29.1%. And this is 44.6%. <laughs> so this is wild. He is he has 111 strikeouts in, in a couple months, basically. So that is impressive. Impressive. That is impressive is the word. Yeah, I don't know what else is the word. <laughs> Yeah, he's really only a first baseman at this point, so the odds that he makes it to the big leagues are pretty long, considering how much he's striking out, because that's wild. But you see the raw power there, so maybe there's a universe, one in a hundred, maybe a couple in a hundred, where he does find some way to cut it down, and he becomes some sort of impact first baseman. Probably not on the Yankees, but maybe in the Pirates maybe or something. somewhere. Maybe but, the Pirates. I don't know. It's it's more just a marvel to look at his statistics because they're really funny. So that's why he is my baby yeah. bomber of the week. No, no, no. That's that's a good one to choose just because it's like it's like fun to highlight the ones who are doing well, but it's fun to also highlight the what the hell is going on here prospects as I like to call them. Yeah, I just let seventeen home runs, thirty eight hits is <laughs> wild. <laughs> he's the definition of all or nothing. Yeah, he's like, what a lot of people think Aaron Judge currently is. Yeah. Like, a lot no, of no. Yankees fans. My dudes, you do not even know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, isn't that whole like draft class like where the Yankees just went wild and like not any of them are like really doing well? Yep, pretty you know, much. That one? Yeah. Kind of the whole thing just kind of crashed and burned on them. Yeah. They've gotten some really bad returns on that. Like there are some guys who are still around. Like Hoy Park was one of the people signed in there. You know, he's been around. Uh, Diego Castillo, who is at double A and doing decently, he's in that mix too. And then you got Dermis Garcia, but a lot of these guys just did not work out. Got like Wilkerman Garcia, Miguel Flames, who looks like it says Miguel Flames, but Miggy Flames. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't really work out. It's been rough, <laughs> but that's the name of the game. That with international free agents, especially when oh, they're yeah, that young, sometimes sometimes you hit on a very obvious guy like a Jason Dominguez, and sometimes it just turns into like Dermis Garcia, who is the top guy in his class. <laughs> but right, oh, and then sometimes hey. guys who you didn't really realize would be that good break out like Luis Severino was signed for really not all that much and turned into one of the best ones they signed yeah as much as I don't I don't like the whole like oh that'll be our trade deadline acquisition things and I don't really foresee like depending on him much two year I am excited to see Severino back in pitching he's somebody I've missed the last (laughs) couple years now and for a transition maybe he will end up being a Yankee of the week but maybe not anyway let's do Yankee and Mitri of the week (laughs) I guess if we must (laughs) Yes, the delayed horn on this one. But yeah. who is your Yankee of the week? So believe it or not, I really struggled between the big two players, but I literally right now as I'm speaking and delaying the sentence and making my decision, it's going to be Gary Sanchez. 
<laughs> fair, fair. If in the past week Gary Sanchez hit 308, 400, 692 with a home run and a triple, which uh, equaled a WRC plus of 191. He uh, obviously, you know, he missed some time with some back spasms, but he came back on Sunday and hit a triple. That's funny. <laughs> and my and my third point about Gary Sanchez and why he's the Yankee of the week is he hit a freaking triple. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing, guys. Incredible. Gary, Gary Wheels Sanchez, as he's commonly never referred to as, hit a freaking triple at Fenway. Remarkable. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Gary Sanchez is my Yankee of the week just for that reason. And... Hey, if um, Canada's whole thing comes true and the Yankees end up doing a retool, which I don't, like I said, we don't think we will, and the Cashman ends up trading Gary Sanchez away, at least we got to see him hit a triple at Fenway. Yeah, 497 (laughs) career games, two triples. Yes. Beautiful. (laughs) Go, Gary, go. (laughs) Yeah, look at him run. Yeah, that's my Yankee of the Week. Who's yours? My Yankee of the Week. I was deciding between Glaber and Ruge. Um, I'm... You know, I think I gave us. I think I gave it to Rugi last week, so I'll give it to Glaber this week, just because he has done as we had hoped the previous week, which is that he built on his hot bat and the second half, and he's still been hitting the ball pretty well, seeing it a lot better it seems like than most of the first few months of the season. He's hit three thirteen, three thirty three, five forty five with a one thirty four WRC plus in the past week. He's been doing his job, so kudos to Glaber. That's all I can really say. <laughs> Yeah, so Glaber was actually the other choice I was debating between between Gary and Glaber. And I think even Odor would have been a, a worthy pick too. So I don't think any of the three names we said would could have gone wrong with. But yeah, I mean, obviously, even just since the All-Star break, Glaber's been hitting 300, 371, 667. He's a WRC of uh, 175 since the All-Star break. He hit three home runs, which literally doubled his season total. So... That's and yeah, even when he even when he's getting outs, he's hitting the ball hard at least. And like that's something that was missing and contributed to a lot of his struggles in June, like where he was just like, it was extremely soft and weak contact. So if he's actually going to like hit the ball hard and, you know, good process will lead to good results. And we're seeing the good process in the hard hits and they're leading to better results. So yeah, Glaber Torres is a good pick. Huzzah. So Yay. on the less enthusiastic note, let's go to Mitre of the Week, who you got. So this should probably come as no surprise at all, but my Mitre of the Week is just going to be the bullpen as a whole. Yeah. Um, I really couldn't come down to one player or one person pitcher. Fact is, this as a group, they just have to do better. Like the fact, like this is the Yankees bullpen we're talking about, talking about, and the fact that you're going into late innings with a lead doesn't inspire confidence. That's not a good thing. Like we, I talked about this earlier, you can second guess some of Boone's decisions all you want, but in this series, he for the most part tried to put his best guys in spots that they should have, like you know, using Green on Thursday, Loisiga on Sunday, and those guys are ones. Your, your your two best or better arms in the bullpen. Obviously, Chapman and Britain are making the money, but Britain's still working his own thing back, coming back from injury, so fine. And then Chapman's just an enigma with a broken fingernail or whatever the hell's going on with him. So, like, Green and Loisiga have been your best relievers all season. They're the ones who you can count on. It, you usually see, like, oh, why the hell is he using Nick Nelson instead of Chad Green right now? Like, no, he was using Chad Green. He was using who he's supposed to use, and they're they're failing him. So, yeah, outside of maybe, like I said, using Brooks Christie for the one-run save situation on, on Thursday where he ended up just being utter trash, Boone's been fine. It's just the bullpen's just not great. I mean, overall, I think it's just a combination of being gassed and ineffective. But we're, what, a week since the All-Star break or or two weeks? Is it two weeks or a week now? 
whatever it is, like they shouldn't be this cast again already, but I feel like they're desperately in need of some help, even if it's just for not anything. I'm not talking about like a Craig Kimbrell type, but just somebody who could come and eat some innings for them. Yeah, I know. And it, it was disappointing that they lost Darren O'Day for the season, just because he would have, yeah. he's that kind of like, you know, mid relief guy who would have helped. Another guy who would have helped is uh, Adam Adovino or Garrett Whitlock. But um, right. <laughs> although kudos to Adam Adovino for allowing the Yankees to come back on Saturday. That was, that was courteous of him. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he felt sorry. So he- it was his true Yankee moment as a Red Sox. <laughs> as a Red Sox, not as a Red Sox. I hate yeah. that name. Ugh. That's like the X. second worst thing about Red Sox in general. Just like you can't really refer to like when you're writing about them. You can't write yeah. Red Sox. You know, it's yeah. anyway. He's a Red Sox now. Yeah. My Mitre of the week is going to be Rob Brantley because he did That's not so do a good funny. job. I know the Brooks Kresge was all over the place, but he did not do a good job of like corralling those pitches at all. And he is a terrible hitter. And it's hard to make one like yearn for Kyle Higashioka, but yeah, Rob Brantley is just a terrible baseball player. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. And everything that we've said about Higgy, like he obviously had his hot starts the month or whatever, but defensively, you never really had to worry about him. It was more just like, you know, he's not really going to do much with the bat. So it does make sense to, you know, kind of yearn for Higashioka. But my guy, if you're, if that's you doing, being a catcher, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, it's not what you want. It is. It's not. It's, it's not what you want. No. <laughs> and he just goes to show you that, like, when people claim that like, Gary Sanchez is a horrible defensive catcher, no, he's not, because this is what a bad defensive catcher looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I should amend what I said, just because I don't like when people say, like, oh, this guy's a terrible baseball player. Obviously, he's very talented to get to this point in his life where he oh, played 100%. in the major leagues. He's- but he's not a good major league baseball player. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's definitely a lot more talented than most of the people on this planet. Cause like you said, he got there. So, you know, kudos to him. Yeah. He just had a very bad week. And how? One ba- very bad day. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Okay. So that's the week. I should also shout out. I, f- I forgot to mention uh, honorable mention Yankee of the week for Esteban Florial, who had a 180 WRC plus in his first week. And honestly, hey. give him some starts right now. I don't really want to see Brett Gardner, even if Brett Gardner hasn't been terrible. I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm way overseeing his face or name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also want to do honorary who of the week with uh, Asher Wojciechowski and um, <laughs> Sal Romano, the big cheese. <laughs> You know, like, before I narrowed it down to uh, Glaber and Gary as my two finalists for Yankee of the Week, I almost honestly gave it to Asher, whatever his last name is, or as I like to call it, Asher, whatchamacallit, because I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. He had at least pitched commendably enough or well enough, better than what I expected from him. I and then he was the opponent. Yeah, <laughs> which is about what I expected. Yes. Yeah, good luck on the Sporkle Quiz, y'all. Yeah. Hopefully I'll remember Sal Romano, like you mentioned, as I nicknamed him the Big Cheese, exists on this planet. Yes. Molto bueno or something. <laughs> I, I didn't take Italian. <laughs> All right. So that's been the week for the Yankees. It's not been great, but, you know, what has been really. <laughs> eh. At least next week we'll see if the Yankees do anything, which they won't. And Yay. then we'll talk about that, which we won't because they won't. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's up. That'll do it for us. This week's edition of Pinstrip Alley Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Pinstrip Alley. You can follow me on Twitter at Merns PSA. Where can people find you this week? You can at me at, at Yankees Bullpen, which is apparently a actual account right, run by some 
person who just stopped tweeting in 2018, but go at him. About your Yankees bullpen frustrations. Do it. Good, good. We need to learn about it. <laughs> yes. All right, so we'll stay tuned. We'll see what goes on what goes on the next week. Maybe we'll have some new Yankees to talk about. Maybe we'll have some departures to talk about. But either way, we'll be around. So ideally, the Yankees can just not lose baseball games as blatantly and as horribly. Just make them boring losses if you're going to lose, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad we've reached the point of the season where we're rooting for quote just boring losses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, like just lose in the beginning if you're gonna lose. Like, stop, stop playing with my heart. Stop playing with my emotions. Yeah. All right. Farewell. See ya.